Welcome to Triple T, that is Top 10 Talks, where we bring you Top 10 everything. Sports, movies, TV, celebrities, food, and much more. Get ready for another list of our hosts, Adam and Chris, here on this week's episode of Top 10 Talks. everybody welcome 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 we've got a different kind of show going on today um my dad kind of is is out on the lamb right now he's he's dealing with some technical difficulties and in fact i mean the podcast is kind of dealing with some technical difficulties right now so it's just me and june holding down the fort today what's going on junior what's happening chris not much just over here digging into the deepest depths of hell coming up with something (laughs) yeah so um the next episode isn't going to drop until the 22nd. So by the time you guys hear this, um, we're kind of traveling through time here just because of how our, our release dates go. But we agreed on last. Traveling through time. <laughs> we agreed on the last episode that y'all would have heard that we were going to do um, a top 10 this time on conspiracies, conspiracy theories. Now, dad said that we should do the least believable conspiracy theories and we didn't really like go over the specifics of what exactly that meant and so i interpreted it in a way of of meaning if you bring up something to somebody and it's a conspiracy and they go that's crazy you're you're fucking stupid there's no way that's real that doesn't mean that the conspiracy is false that just means they don't believe you. So with that in mind, June and I are just going to kind of, we're not really going to give you a top 10 today. We're just going to kind of, we're just going to kind of hold Alice's hand and go down the rabbit hole here. And for the next, you know, hour or two hours, um, we're taking you on a ride. So uh, everybody grab your cans of worms and uh, get ready to open it. <laughs> right. Put on your tinfoil hats. Fire up the 9-11 footage, because here we go. So yeah, don't forget to throw up them Faraday blankets in your window either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you wanna you wanna protect yourself at all at all costs. <laughs> so June, why don't you why don't you, why don't you start us with whatever the fuck it is you got? All right. So um let's just start off with what the last thing I just said is you think five G and uh all the shit that's going on right now is uh, just a coincidental correlation. And y'all need to be putting up Faraday blankets in your window. Okay, so so five so five G. Now, here's here's the thing. Okay, if you come at me and you say five G is a, is a conspiracy, I would say to you, okay, but let's just think about this logistically. Okay. The one country. I'm glad you said that word. I'll wait and I'll listen. <laughs> I'll hold on to that and I'll listen. <laughs> the, the one country on the planet that's manufacturing most of the industrial parts and the the industrial hardware and software for all of this 5G equipment is China. And we all know that they have a lot of backdoor mechanisms 
in their software that allows them to have wholesale control of the data that's being used on these devices and on these towers and through their software, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just, I mean, just look at TikTok. You go look at the, the terms and services of TikTok. They have all of your data. Yeah, which if you'd like to follow me on TikTok, it's uh, High Culture <laughs> Creation on TikTok. Um, uh, yeah, we've got a few videos out there. I'm just saying, man, if you're telling me that the 5G towers are being built by the Chinese, don't... No, I'm not saying necessarily still, but let's just look at it like this. Okay. Do you really think, honestly, wholeheartedly, do you feel... Uh, in your daily use, that your 5G is any faster than your 4G? That's just yes or no. I. Hmm. You, okay. Here, here's here's one thing I'll say to that. If it's supposed to be better, why are there still dead zones? You fucks. Now, now, now that I said that, do you really think that 4G was that much better than 3G? Hold on, okay, hold on. I gotta, so I, 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 I gotta really. So, I gotta see three. Go I gotta uh, hold on. Okay, so one G, two G, three G, four G, five G timeline. Let's look at this. Wireless, wireless release generations. When did they? One G was the early nineteen eighties. Five G satellite. Five G launches hold on. in twenty twenty. Let's be real, because that was satellite. The first cell phones ran off satellite. Right, right. That was like we didn't uh, have power. That was like that was like military, military uh, wireless communication. Yeah, that was the shit that was hooked into your car. Right, you know what I mean. And then two G. That's uh, nineteen ninety one. Right, that's SMS MMS. Yep. Um, let's see. T9 days. And then 3G, that's at the end of the 90s. So that's 98. Mobile broadband. So that's um, non, non-moving devices and 384 kbps for vehicles. Um, and then 4G is 2008. So that's like, that's like, think about it like this. If video conferencing. Cake, if you have one cake, Chris, and you're selling a cake, okay. say, this is my cake and I have to sell this cake. Yes. How am I going to get the most money out of this cake? I'm going to sell it by piece. Okay. Right? Sure. Now, no matter how big that piece is, it's still the same cake. Okay. So whether we're talking, 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, or 5G, we're still running off the same fucking network. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Right. Right. Well, okay. Here, here's, here, okay. So here, when here. I look at, hold on, but when I look yeah, yeah. at uh, how much quicker my phone has gotten, I have not noticed a difference since 3G. Now, what I have noticed is uh, clarity. Okay. So um, clear. Explain the but difference. 
between clarity and connectivity. Right. Well, I'm not talking so much connectivity. I'm talking about the, lo- the loading time, right? Okay. So it's like the loading time isn't really much faster. It's just being presented to you uh, as it is faster. Okay. So they're so they're giving you a bigger piece of cake, right? But, but it's, it's still, still the same fucking cake, right? So <clears throat> I would think that probably structurally nothing has really changed since 3G. They're really just building more and more infrastructure. You know what they're doing? And improving. They're seeing how much cake can we stuff into one person? So how much of this cake can we give to somebody before they get sick? How many pieces of this cake will these people buy before it starts making them fucking sick? Well, okay. And what are we noticing more now than ever is the depression, large, large fall in mental health. Right. Right. What's gotten better? Our cell phones. Yay. Yeah. Okay. So see, (laughs) we're killing ourselves at a higher rate than ever in the United States. Right. Right. So what, so what you're, what you're bringing up here is not that 5g is like giving people cancer. It's not like, you know, giving you skin cancer because the phone's in your pocket. Hold on, but what's cancer? What's the definition of cancer? It's a cell that fails to stop dividing. Right. So if it's in our brain and it's not necessarily a tumor and our, and our brain cells are just not growing and they're not dividing to be able to intake information at the rate that we're being given. And wouldn't you say that that's a cancer? Um, if, if you're, if you're using an analogy of like, um, what would you say? Like bad habits that you can't kick is, is like, analogous to cancer then i would say I, I i follow what you're saying there well i'll say it like this they'll tell you that cell phone use is addictive but marijuana is only habit one you know what i mean right so you can so, you can like i'm 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 a pretty good example of that right like i used to smoke all the time i don't smoke anymore mm-hmm it sucked a right, little bit. So it's, I'm so not going to lie. It's not addictive. You didn't. You didn't go into into depression when you stopped smoking weed. I mean, you didn't. No. You didn't fucking break down into cold sweats and shit like that. But no. if you remove somebody from their cell phone, they'll have similar results. Oh, they'll have they'll have withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, straight withdrawal symptoms: nervousness, paranoia, schizophrenia. That shit can set in from long-term separation from cell phone use, especially when you've been given that shit at a young age, like they're doing now, giving six-year-olds, eight-year-old cell phones. I've seen, you know, I've seen two-year-olds on tablets. This is they can work better than the parents. This is interesting. Rehab center. Uh, Many individuals now find themselves attached (laughs) to their cell phones at all times. Um, as with many addictions, your phone is the first thing you reach for when you get up in the morning and the last thing before you go to bed. 
Um, you experience feelings of cravings, urges to use when you're away from it. Um, mm -hmm. Phone use as a mechanism of coping, boredom, anger, um, sadness. Pick up the phone to deal with the feelings and get away from them. Um, signs of intolerance. You use it more and are less satisfied from the use. Inability to stop using. Can't connect, right. can't connect to real physical events and you have to use your phone to capture it. Right. Dissociation. You know, right. that, I mean, I mean, this is... videos that we've seen of people standing there watching people get the shit beat out of them and they're just recording. Dude, like on a bus or like in the street. And I, yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm talking. I'm not talking about like a situation outside a bar where you're like, Hey, I'm not stepping into this because I might get fucking shot. Cause I don't know who else this guy's with or whatever. Right. That's a hundred percent understandable. Hey, I'm going to record this. Cause I don't know these dudes. They might be gone by the time, whatever, whatever. There's nothing I can do, but record and make sure that I capture. That's completely different from, hey, I'm walking down the street and I'm going to stop and record this crazy person beating the shit out of this lady and trying to steal her dog because he recognized it or what the fuck ever. Right. Right. Because that's the voice in his head told him that. that that's his dog. Right. That he never owned. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, you're, you're definitely onto something, right? That. That. And, and we talked about this a little a little bit before we started the podcast where, you know, <clears throat> Alex Jones would, would say something like, they're turning the frogs gay. Now, when you hear that, you go, that's fucking weird. There's no fucking way that, you know, the government or somebody is turning the frogs yeah, gay. Yeah, because in your head you go, you go, what scientist is out there manipulating frog DNA single-handed? No, 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 no. Right, but if I told you that there was a company whose chemical runoff was being spilled into a wetland and that those chemicals were altering the hormones and the DNA of the reptiles in that wetland that was actually changing their genetic structure in a way to actually turn them herma hermaphroditic and that they were unable to identify the sexual characteristics of the other frogs and so they were unintentionally having gay sex. Now you don't sound so crazy. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. <laughs> but when Alex Jones comes up and says they're turning the frogs gay, it's, it's like, it's like a, what would you, it's like a shortcut, right? Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's an entertainer, so he's going to say, you know, provocative things to try and get people to listen to him, to try and get people interested. But that doesn't mean that what he's talking about is, is necessarily false. Well, the other thing people have to understand too, is that, um, you know, when he jumps off on a tangent like that, half the time it's stuff that he didn't mean to even bring up. It's stuff that just comes off. Like, if you've ever been at a bar and you've been drinking with your buddies and you guys are shooting the shit and somebody says something and just at the top of your head, you remember, Oh yeah, this kind of relates to that. So I'm going to say this. And then everybody's mm. like, Oh, that doesn't make sense. Right. That's the same fucking thing. It's just the shit that's in his head is so fucking wild that it sounds like a lunatic saying something that you can't even grasp. 
because he can't articulate how you just did it. Somebody has to say, whoa, 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 what did you just say? And then he goes, well, this, 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 and this. And they go, okay, but how did you come to that? Oh, well, because I've seen this, this, and this. And then they start to understand, holy fuck, this guy's not just talking out of his asshole, right? Right, right. So, I mean, that's, uh, technically speaking, that's what's called lateral thinking. Well, think about... Right, like, so, so this, like, this reminds me of pig. that. This connects to that. So you'd think Keep that... Keep the finger on 80% pig. <laughs> Wait, let's say that again. So he he went off on this tangent and this is what I hate is like when they did it with T.I. the other day so I'm not going to get into that because it's going to pull me off but it's like when somebody takes a clip of something without the context and they just say this is what that person said and then they try and say like well he must hmm. have been talking about this you know what I mean instead of actually saying this is all of what that person said and this is what they were referring to that's why this is wrong. They go, well, this is what I think he was trying to say. It's like, no, that's, so it's like, that's you your perception. So that's an interpretation. Right now. Right. So if you Google right now, and you Google Alex Jones, semicolon, icky, right? It's going to pull up all these articles talking about Alex Jones is freaking out about, or Alex Jones, crazy theories or something, something better. But it goes into, if you actually look into it, He's talking about how uh, the, the they're like 80% pig and 80% gorilla. And this is our description. Uh, makes people think like, what the fuck are you talking about? But if you actually look into it, he's talking about some shit that's not trying to be exposed. So, like, the links are out there, but the media is not talking about it. But what they'd rather talk about is his crazy tangent of Right. Not, hey, where are these facts legitimate? It's like, oh, he's going on this crazy tangent again. Well, like, um, oh, what's that guy's name that started um, Rumble? Um, oh, fuck. Um uh, Dan, um, Bongino, Dan Bongino's dealing with this right now with the lawsuit that rumble is filing against Google because they have, they have evidence that Google is specifically censoring rumble searches from coming up in their search engine that if you search for a video that is specifically on rumble, but is also on YouTube, the YouTube link will come up, but the rumble link does not appear. Even if you specifically put rumble as a, um, keyword within your search. And so they're saying, ah, see, this is, this is evidence of, um, this is, this is antitrust evidence, right? This is, this is monopolistic behavior. And so at least in that sense, we have evidence that certain search engines are altering what you see in the search results. And so we can extrapolate from that, that there is, (laughs) well, listen, there's a reason why when you're in school, they literally teach you how to Google search. 
Right. Because you can't just go in there and type them. You have to go in there, type something, semicolon, you know, uh, keywords, uh, close bracket. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to bring up keywords in a specific manner for the engine to say, okay, fuck our algorithm that we're trying to show you. This is what you're, uh, demanding of us. Right. You have to go into the advanced settings. You have to check your dates. Mm -hmm. You have to do all these kinds of things. So what I'm getting at is you can, you can extrapolate from that, that there is an interest to at least filter and censor what people are seeing. And so when you see them attacking guys like Alex Jones in the legal which, by the way, they always try and forget the fact that this guy had not only discovered, but uncovered one of the largest conspiracies in the United States, Bohemian Grove. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What's that? First handed. What's that famous Bill Burr joke, Bohemian Grove, that where they dress up like pheasants and fuck each other? Bro, they sacrifice effigies of children to the fucking owl god Molech. In, in robes and fucking seance style shit. It's creepy stuff, man. I'm not going to like the, like the Bohemian Grove footage. I don't know if you can even find it, you know, just. It's, oh, you can find it. It's there still. Is it's it? there still. Hold on, let me. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you could YouTube it, Bohemian Grove. Alex Jones, Bohemian Grove. Let's see. Real footage. Yeah. Dark Secrets Inside Bohemian Grove. Yeah, video, 2000. This is a long time ago, man. So so this man went in there with a fucking camera back in 2000, when we all know what the fuck size of those cameras were, and recorded this shit. And when he was approached, had to fucking put on the persona of somebody who was invited and still fucking made it through all the way down through the ceremony and everything. So when you fucking, when you hear about shit like this and then you single-handedly go out and uncover it and you realize that some of the top people in American Congress, business, Fortune 500, all of that shit are part of this, how do you not come out fucked up from that? Well, <clears throat> here's the interesting, um, here, here's the thing that interests me is that we know that there are initiation rituals for things like gangs for um uh fraternities right yeah where essentially what they're doing is they're making a pact that you are going to share in this secret and that you are now complicit in this secret and that if you give any of us up you are simultaneously giving yourself up Right. It gives and? you it gives you something right. to lose so that you value the group more than you value yourself. Right. And what do you think came first? Government or school? What do you think came first? And gangs or government. You know what I mean? Like Oh, oh okay. So to, think that, right. so to think that all this shit exists in all these other formats but don't exist in one of the oldest is fucking absurd. Sure. Sure. And so, and so really, I mean, Bohemian Grove, you can look at it and say that, okay, they're sharing, they're sharing, they're coercively sharing in secrets. 
in some ritualistic manner. Well, do you think perhaps a perhaps as a mechanism of control to basically keep these people from having another church committee, having another right. Watergate investigation? Right. Well, do you think it's a coincidence that uh, all the fucking celebrities that talk about wanting to be in the Illuminati don't get the kind of fucking uh, don't get the kind of rising star fucking treatment that other fucking actors or shit who are coming up who don't say that kind of shit do? Well, I mean, this was that, I mean, that's an interesting point, right? I mean, that was the whole, that was the whole issue with the Harvey Weinstein scandal was that everybody knew about it, right? Everybody knew yeah. that guy was, was, was weirdo. A right. Disgusting that's piece one of thing shit. that every single person said was like, oh yeah, I knew that he was kind of like that, but I didn't think that it was in that manner. I mean, what do you mean? Uh, there's there's i can't remember you knew he was kind of date rapey but you didn't know that he was like actually raping people right. is that what you're saying to me right now well I, re I remember seeing this interview i think with brad pitt where he talked about how there was this young lady that was on a set of a movie that was with him and that he was he was basically watching out for her because she was actually she's a, a very talented actress and he's like, oh shit, like, like she could be a star someday. Like, let me show you some tips. Like, let me, let me, you know, show you the ropes here so that like you don't get fucked over because yeah, you're, really, the red tape. you're exactly. really good at this. And the last thing we need is somebody who's really good being dissuaded away. And he figures out, Brad Pitt hears through the grapevine that Weinstein had approached her and had basically casting couched her and so he sees he sees weinstein at a party and he he confronts him and he's basically like if you don't leave her alone i'm gonna drag you behind a fucking car and so it's like there there's little things like Isn't this you, like texas or something too I, I i can't remember where the fuck i saw this or or what it was but i mean there's instances like that where you're like, people know what's going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's, it's just, it's so deep in that. It's like, here's another great thing. It's like, why is it that every black rising actor star, like every single one of them that have ever been really famous, like anyone that you can think off the top of your head and name, they've had to do a, a part in a movie or a part in a show where they dress as a woman. Wait, what? Yes. So everything like Lawrence Fishburne, all of them, like they've all done a part in a movie or a show before they got famous where they've had to dress and act like a woman. Now, the ones who haven't done that and who have audibly spoken up about it, like, hey, I'm not doing that shit. I'm a fucking grown-ass man. Why, why would I dress up as a fucking lady and do this? Like, that makes no fucking sense. They don't fucking get that shit. But the ones who do get shit like fucking The Matrix and shit like that. You know what I mean? Wait, hold on. Uh... Yes, this is real shit, bro. This is another one that I was that I was thinking about while we were talking about this. Okay, so uh, okay. So the, so the conspiracy is 
is that you cannot be a successful male black actor without crunching to the authority of having to dress like a woman. Now look at Keenan Thompson. Look at uh, Keegan-Michael Keith. Look at uh, 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 what's, what's Jordan Peele. Look at uh, Dave Chappelle refused to do it. You know what I mean? Like there's, so you can go down the list and you can literally say this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, and it all 100%, every single one of them, without fail. If you dressed as a woman at some point in time in your career and you broke to that fucking thing that they were trying to make you do, you get all these successful parts. If you refuse it and you don't do that kind of shit, your fucking acting career just drops off. Why do you think Tyler Perry's so famous? Huh. Do you, so just, just real bare, what made Tyler Perry famous? Medea. It wasn't his writing. It was Medea. Exactly. Uh, what made, what made, uh, what was one of the number one things because outside of his stand-up career, what was the number one things that made Martin Lawrence famous? Big Mama's House. Big Mama's House. And before that, he also had his show where he was doing right. multiple running parts playing the black woman. Right. Hmm. Yeah, look at Jamie Foxx. Played black woman. Look at Wesley Snipes. Not only that, but Jamie Foxx's name is not Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I know. He uh, changed it. What was it originally? I can't. I can't. It's it's the it's the whitest name you've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, always doing shit like that. And that's why that's why that fucking um, that's why that fucking skit from TNT was so famous. Well, I don't know if you remember, they did this uh, skit where it was this dude who was really from the streets, right? And he was playing a gangster. So he's playing shit that he really lived through. Okay. And then there was another dude who was like a, a whitewashed black actor. And he was playing the same opposite. So he was playing the opposite, but um, essentially the same role, like a, a rival gang member, right? Okay. And every time they'd yell, cut, they'd go and tell the dude how he's doing it wrong and he's trying to explain to them like no you guys don't understand like I really live this shit like I've been in this exact situation that we're shooting right now and this is how it went down and then the other dude's like handing them the gun with like two fingers and like talking in a tight British accent and he's like listen bro you know I think you know you did really well and, and you, you should really <laughs> try and do it like this you know and he's like and he's like bro like I know how to do this shit like I've been I've been I've lived this and then it just keeps going and it keeps building until he's just like, fuck it, and walks out. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, okay, hold on a second. I'm looking at Samuel L. Jackson's. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, f- I'm trying to find something here. But I don't know. I don't know if I see anything in here because I'm trying to think the most famous black American actors are Morgan Freeman, Denzel Washington and Samuel L. Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah. So, so here's, so here's the other thing I could say to that. 
they either played slaves or criminals. Oh, right, right. Right. So, uh, so you're saying that like there are certain roles where that are um, you either take them or your career is going to flush out. Right. There are stereotypical. They want to know that they can bend you a certain fucking way. Hmm. Well, I mean that's acting, man. And and who's the number one? Hold on, and I'm glad you said Morgan Freeman because who's the number one black actor that constantly speaks about that there's no such thing as systemic racism, and the racism doesn't exist? Morgan fucking Freeman. Roots. I mean, bro, you played slaves. What are you talking about? Well, you played slaves or people who were. Uh, one of your biggest roles was somebody who was uh, imprisoned unfairly. Right. But I think if we lived in as racist a society as you're saying, those kinds of films would just be average. Right. They, they would, I'm glad you said Samuel uh, Jackson too because you realize that he's only kissed Five women in cinematic history. Wait. In all his. There's only five roles where he wasn't either the complete piece of shit, scariest motherfucker around, criminal, slave, any of that shit. Hmm. And even some of those five, he was still those things. Well, I'm see. Okay, look. There's there's also in in some of these people's contracts they have it that I'm not going to be with a woman because my wife is going to fucking be furious. Which is fair. That's that's usually like sex scenes and shit, right? Right. But I mean, it it can go as far as like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kiss that woman. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, but he still did it five times. So I doubt that that's the situation. Well, it could be the situation now is what I'm saying. I'm saying the reason you haven't seen it all that often yeah. is because it happened earlier in his career, maybe. I, I don't know. But I, I'm just saying, like, yes, is there? Yes, there's obviously racism. Yes, obviously. But, again, the reason all of these, all of these films are as successful as they are is not because there's a whole bunch of racists going to the movie. If there's a whole bunch of racists going to the movie, they'd want to see, you know, something way more, way more depraved, right? They'd want to see like Django Unchained's opposite. Mm-hmm. Right. They would, they would be pissed off that, you know, 12 years of slave didn't end properly, right? It didn't have the right ending. It's an interesting movie, but it didn't have the right ending. Yeah. Right? They they wouldn't want certain things from these films. So I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, perfect, perfect. So the reason why Samuel L. Jackson never played a woman is that the one time he was approached, he uh, refused, and then after that was stuck with a series of small supporting roles. 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so they wanted him to dress up as a woman and kiss another man. Hmm. That's one of the reasons why he likes working with Tarantino so much is that he's never asked him to do anything like that. Right, because he... I got th- So if we're looking at his career, he doesn't really break through until Mo Better Blues, which is uh, Mo Better Blues. Where is that? Ninety. I mean, he was even in Goodfellas, Jurassic Park, all of that shit. None of those were. None of those, were yeah, none of those were real big parts. But they were all major fucking movies. Right. Patriot Games. Kill Bill Volume 2. He played a fucking pianist. He was there for whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but but you're right. I mean, like, Jurassic Park. And he's been acting. Yeah, so it's like he's been acting for that long. And what's the biggest movie you can credit to for Django? Or, or, or his small roles in Star Trek? Or, I mean, Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't even the main character in any of that. He was supporting. He was a supporting Jedi. At no point did they go off on the, you know, Mace Windu fucking... No, I mean, on you're right. I mean, like, any of that. like one of his biggest movies, like one of his biggest breakout movies is obviously Pulp Fiction. But again, he's playing. Yeah. He's playing a gangster. Um, die Hard. I mean, Die Hard with a Vengeance. You know, that's kind of one of these opposite roles, right? It's very, very oppositional to Pulp Fiction. But I mean, then right after that, he gets a, t- a Time to Kill. You know, Carl Lee Haley. His uh, little girl gets raped by these. Um, these hillbillies and they put him on trial. For and how are you going to, this is what I want to know. How are you going to have a, a, a last name based off of being a freed slave and say that racism doesn't exist? Your name is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> that means that you were a slave and they freed you. That's how you got that last name. It's because you didn't have one. You had a first name. And your last right. name was the last name of your master. So when they freed you, they had to write down your first name and then Freeman. And that's what went on the paperwork that you carried around. Yeah, but I mean, Morgan Freeman, right? He's he's a, he's not distantly removed from, from that period in American history, right? I mean, he's, he's fucking old as hell. Let's see. Yeah, I guess he's starting to say weird shit to women. I guess he's been accused recently. Well, not recently, like previously. Yeah, you know, um, like I said, dude, he's born in 1937. What do you expect? Yeah, I know. Guy's old as fuck. I mean, he's he's going to... He's, he's basically born, you know, 
in World War II. I mean, what do you, what do you want from this guy? You want him to be, you want him to be a modern man? Get the fuck out of here. It's not going yeah, to happen. He's too old. Yeah, you gotta let that, you gotta let that one go. But anyway, back onto our uh, regular conspiracy, Declan. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd imagine that you had a couple lined up. I've drawn this out. Yeah, man i I ran across uh, I ran across the actual existence of Gadar. So please elaborate. <laughs> right. So the Canadian government in the uh, 1940s and 1950s were concerned because the British Parliament at the time had this, uh, I guess you would call it a um, scandal of the Cambridge Five. Now these were five lead British parliamentarians who were found out to be communists. Oh, shit. And one of these Cambridge Five was gay. And so... The, oh, hold on. Hold on. Are you talking about the dude who helped uh, create the Enigma? That helped crack World War II thing? I don't, I don't know about that. But... Um, essentially, these these five parliamentarians created this paranoia about communism and homosexuality. And so the Canadian government was like, okay, we're going to start looking into this. Are the gays more likely to be communists? And so they hired this guy who went to America, this guy, Robert, Frank Robert Wake from Carleton University. And that he, sounds like a racist guy. I'm going to throw that. <laughs> and he, he designed what's called the electro the electropsychometer. Okay. And as a shorthand, they called it the fruit machine. All right. So we're just okay. We're just going <laughs> to open up like that. All right. And have you seen um have you seen Blade Runner? I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, in Blade Runner, the 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 book and the movie, there's this machine that they use on the robots that look like humans to try and tell whether or not it's human or okay. a robot. Okay? Right. And what the machine does is it tracks pupil dilation in response to... Um, stimuli images word problems things like that and after a while the pupil stops responding entirely because the robot can't keep up okay you're gonna have to say that one more time i've got these kids here they are <laughs> okay so this guy frank robert wake builds the fruit machine that basically tracks pupil dilation in response to gay imagery. Okay. 
And so the, this is supposed to. And the idea is that if if the pupil dilates, the correlation. Okay. Yes. If the pupil dilates when you see the gay imagery, you're gay. When. So that it means so pupil dilation correlates with um, attraction. Uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, I guess shorten it up. Yeah, attraction. I guess. And so they go, ah, so his pupil dilated. That means he's gay. He's gay. That means he's a communist. Fire him. And what happened was over a 30-year period, there were about 9,000 government employees that were fired and arrested for failing the fruit machines test. Hold on. So I want to know how this guy figured that it was arousal and not just surprise. Or, right? Because we all know, or hold on, fear we all know like fucking that, that's what I mean. That the fear, the, the response when you're surprised <laughs> or scared of something is right. that your pupils dilate to intake more light so that, the, so that the imagery can come into your brain quicker. So like if something's moving at you at a high rate of speed, your pupils dilate when you catch on to that because it, it allows the, the photons to enter your fucking brain or your fucking uh, eyes and and disseminate quicker. <laughs> so this guy is just like, hey, so what do you think about this dog? <laughs> Hold on. What do you think about this house? Really nice house. What do you think about this dick in the ass? What the fuck, dude? He's gay. He's a hundred percent gay. Did you see his pupils dilate? <laughs> like, <laughs> like this guy's like, hey, we're gonna just show you, you know, some livestock and stuff like that, and we're just gonna kind of gather your response. They're like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> Johnny didn't come home because we found out that he was extremely gay. <laughs> Well, how did you gather this? Well, he was surprised when I showed him gay sex acts. <laughs> Fucking gaydar, dude. The fruit machine. Oh, my God. Carlton called on to oh apologize for gay testing. Yeah. 1961. And, so, and the thing even crazier is I'm not sure when it ended, but there was a point in the UK where if you were found to be gay, you had an option to either be jailed, like in prison, or you could be chemically castrated. Whoa. Yeah, so this is why I asked if this was the same group, because there was a group of people in the UK um, that were college students um, who one man specifically was like single-handedly responsible for decoding the uh, Enigma machine that uh, was taking encrypted messages from the Germans and decoding them so that we could understand their movements and shit. The uh, Alan Turing? I think so. But so this guy was found out to be gay, right? Like this was like his own, like he was gay before, right? And so he had a girlfriend, she realized he was gay, whatever, whatever, like they still had a marriage for a really long time. Mm. Um, and uh, basically like after this, whole thing went down and he did all this shit for the for the world really because I mean like if he hadn't figured this out we'd probably be under German control right now um, but after he did all this comes to life that he's gay he's found guilty of committing 
gay sexual acts, and he has the option to either be in prison and stop his work or be chemically castrated. So he chose instead of stopping his work that he obviously knew was benefiting the entire world, he chose to be chemically castrated. The real fucked up shit, but they had a whole movie on the shit. I forget what it was called. But yeah, that's why that got much. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, speaking of, speaking of college students, uh, MK Ultra. Ooh. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's, I feel like, or maybe this is just me speaking, but I, I feel like MK Ultra is kind of like one of these, you know, like kiddie pool conspiracies, right? Like when you start going down the conspiracy rabbit, like that's right. one of the first kiddie ones. Pool conspiracy, but that's one of the first ones. But MK Ultra led into uh, codename Men Who Stare Ghosts. Sam, do you remember that movie? Yeah, that was... Um, so the, so there was a movie release called Men Who Stare at Ghosts. Now, right. this was actually an operation name, military operation where in correlation with MK Ultra, they had begun uh, experimenting with soldiers, volunteer soldiers, on the ability to mind control. Right, the acid guinea pigs. New age, new age soldiers. Well, the reason for MK Ultra was because that was what they believed was an outlet to be able to get people to do that, right? Like the average person. But it, but it, um, what piggybacked from that was that operation, then who there goes, which took soldiers who were believed to be above the bar and to see if their mental capability was just as high. Mm, right. Because they believed that, like, you know what I mean? If you were, I guess they correlated, you know what I mean, like uh, intelligence to mental capability. So, like, if you're extremely intelligent, then you may have the mental capability or the mental capacity to reach on to, like, the, the myth that we only use uh, 10% of our brain power. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, well, that, well the, the issue is that, like, a lot of people say, like, we only use 10% of our brain power, like, and that's assumed, like, overall. But it's really, like, the actual um, <clears throat> term was we only use 10% of our brain power at any given time. So, like, when you're focusing on doing, like, speaking right now, I'm using 10% of my brain power to build these words in my head and mm, yeah, extrapolate yeah. them through my mouth. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so what they were trying to do was to get people who were extremely smart to access the majority of their brain power. Uh, and, you know, they've done studies on, like, uh, wavelengths from the brain, uh, sitting on microwaves and stuff like that, and how, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can literally, uh, by looking at somebody, you're quite literally projecting light which carries, you know what I mean? Like it, it starts getting really blurry between like scientific and like some crazy shit, right? Cause it's like, you're looking at somebody and you're projecting light towards them, right? And they're intaking that light. 
mm-hmm. that can literally like change somebody's attitude. Because as human beings, we oh, we man. live we live off off of our light intake. You know what I mean? Like right. if somebody goes into a fucking dark room for ten hours, they might not come out mentally okay. Mm-hmm. That's how much like we rely on on our light source and how much like we need light to survive. Yeah. Yeah, the um, what do they call that? The um, the power of suggestion, right? Uh, intention, power of intention. Yeah, man. I mean, there's there's a lot to that, you know. It's, I mean, obviously, you know, we have an effect on other people. If if that wasn't true, then, you know, you wouldn't get, you know, you wouldn't get pissed off at other people for doing stupid things. You wouldn't, you know, if we didn't have an effect on other right. people, then other yeah. people would have no effect on you. Well, in the end, when they don't, then, then you get, you literally get diagnosed with cases like uh, sociology disorder, social disorders, like yeah, um, sociopathy. Uh, yeah. Sociopathy. Thank you. And, uh, What's that other word? Uh, the, the the actual disorder of um, not being able to be genuine with people. Um, sociopath. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shit yeah. like that. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with that fucking five G shit too. Oh, you mean that like being that. being removed from physical yeah well i mean like right well not just that i mean like it's fucking up our 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 wavelength bro like when you got two different currents running into a fucking the same part of the ocean they don't merge you know what i mean they actually fight each other they fight up against each other Okay. So it's like when we're out, we got our brain wave, we got brain waves fighting against fucking microwaves and cellular waves and shit like that, and it's really fucking us up like that. So there's, I mean, there's all these things competing for our attention. Yeah. So I mean, I you know there there's. I I recently got into kind of all this CIA operations and stuff like that. And when, when you really start getting into it, you start understanding that that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> that they just, they didn't know anything that there was a whole, there was a whole political apparatus being built up over figuring out what's going on over there let's find out yeah. what we don't know. And so when we start seeing like yeah. MK ultra and shit like this, it's really, it's all based on ignorance. They don't know anything. And so they're grasping at straws. They're, you know, lacing an entire. Well, you, you don't know, think that's something to that? Like I, for instance, like, I think I think you there's, ever, I think there's a lot of stupidity somebody? associated with that. Yes. You ever thought about somebody and then they call? Mm, sometimes. Right, but it's happened, right? Like you've just been like, 
maybe like a couple days of like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder what so-and-so is doing. And then something, somebody says something, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was just thinking about calling whoever, whatever. And then, you know what I mean? Third day comes of like, oh, I forgot to call. So, and then next thing you know, you got a fucking text call. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or a call coming. You know what I mean? That, that's some other shit. So it's the same as like, even, even like, you remember when we lived together? And we would say something at the exact same time, but if it, but it was but it was a reference to something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's because like our fucking wavelengths were like fitting at about the same, where we could think like, oh yeah, we gotta go do whatever, whatever, and then you'd be like, hey man, you know what I mean? Want to go play football? Like, oh fuck yeah, yeah yeah, we were gonna go football. I was just thinking about that. Some shit like that. Like, it, it happened all the time. Or we'd say, like, a reference of something, and we ended up saying it at the exact same fucking time. Or sometimes we didn't even have to fucking say it. Like, somebody else would be talking, and we'd just fucking look at each other, and we'd be like, be like we'd already fucking know exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Fuck, I mean, exactly. So that's what I mean. Like, there's real right. shit to that. So, like, if you, can, if you can find a way, which is all they were trying to do. And they were trying to do it with drugs. They were trying to do it with isolation. They were trying to all sorts of shit but yeah. there's there is a way to touch into that kind of shit and i think it's dmt so if we all start taking dmt <laughs> i think the world is gonna be <laughs> yeah i mean i mean there's there that's true like there's a power to groups right that people when people group together they become something different than just themselves right they're like connected with one another as kind of this this other they're like they're like this other societal unit in a way right mm. they're like you're you're going to behave yeah, like you're going to behave with your family different than you behave at work it's because they, these are different units yeah. of society that you are now fitting into and so right. right there's there's definitely something to that in that if they can if they can create the mechanism by which somebody fits into this particular group, they'll, they'll follow a certain order, right? They'll, they'll have a certain way of behaving that is far more predictable, right? I mean, this is why you have like boot camp and shit in the military, right? They want to break down, yeah. they want to break away who you used to be to turn you into a soldier. Right, yeah, you got to be wood in the pulp to make paper. Exactly. Right, and so it, again, like you know, it, the CIA going, it, you know, doing these weird, trippy, goat experiments. Right, these men who stare at goat experiments. It's just, it's a way of trying to figure out. They're reinventing the wheel. Right, they're trying to reinvent yeah. how right. people interact on a human level with one another that that elevates them. Right, but that was but that was in competition. But that was in competition with Russia and Germany. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but again, it again, wasn't. It wasn't some shit that we were just like, let's try it out. No, it was shit like we got to figure this out before they do. Oh, you fucking said the magic words. Oh shit. 
Try it out. Try it out. Yeah. Out, dude. Sorry, I should I should have had I should have the soundboard fired up. You were ready, dude. I, I was I, I need to fucking put that much shit. <laughs> you, need, you need double soundboard playing here. It's crazy. This is just a lack of attention. I know. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I, saw, I failed you. We're worse. Great responsibility, Peter. Poor fucking Uncle Ben. Did you ever notice that, un- that that Uncle Ben was old as hell? How are you gonna fight? How are you gonna fight with a twenty-year-old about yeah. your car in the middle of New York City? Yeah, man. Don't you know where you live? What are you doing? I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like to Chicago with a nice car. What do you think? <laughs> oh, you're in New York, where most people don't even own a fucking car. Did you, Did you see that? Uh, that I know we're kind of deviating here, but did you see that article that came out in like USA Today or whatever that says that there's more civilian casualties happening in every one of America's major cities than there are are civilian deaths happening in the Ukraine-Russian war right now? Jesus Christ. Yeah, so let's give them $40 billion. Pretty pretty good fucking deal if you're Ukrainian, right? Fuck, man. Fucking stupid. I don't see why not. I don't see why I'd leave it all. Fucking stupid. $40 billion going into my infrastructure. Why, why Why would I leave? I think it's all bullshit. Oh, I I mean, it's... It's all bullshit. It's, it's a, all bullshit. It's this a racket and a half. This is what's going to happen. This is exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to break it down to you. If it doesn't happen, you can call me crazy afterwards to say. Okay. This war is going to go on. We're going to, again, support Ukraine by either sending some sort of troop or another another some sort of release package whether it be guns or or more money or food or something of the sort okay this is going to boost the economic infrastructure of ukraine even during war after they're going to peacefully settle with russia russia is going to reabsorb ukraine and now Russia is that much more powerful, and they're going to fuck us up. It's next going to be, all right, now it is time for the United States. Mm. And then China's going to be right behind them. I agree. Hmm. You know I mean? Yeah. China's sitting on the back burner right now for the only reason their buddy's not ready. You know, it's hard to say, but what's going to be impossible been... for the United States to defend? Either Russian troops coming over on the eastern seaboard, or both Russian and Japanese and Chinese troops coming in from both seaboards. Yeah, because but, right now, Mexico, hold on, because right now Mexico's military infrastructure is shit. You know what's running Mexico right now? It's the fucking cartel. You know what's the cartel run off of? Money, motherfucker. 
Oh, I see. What you're so saying. we got all of these other people around on both on both seaboards, and then we got Mexico down there, right underneath one of our largest fucking states, holding the most weapons, which they've already been integrating into for the last fifty years. Mm. They all hit us at once. What the fuck are we gonna do? Hmm. This is interesting. While the United States is systematically trying to cut down our ammunition capacity per clip, while they're systematically making it harder for us to get ammunition from not even not even internationally, but intercontinentally. So if I so if I order ammunition from Kentucky, it's going to take three weeks to get over here when it's really an overnight package. Hmm. Yeah, man. You know, I think, um, I think it's, it, it's, it's a lot like, um, you know, they have like these political TV shows where, you know, like the West wing and shit, where they want you to think that like, you know, the good guys are looking out for you. And then, and then there's shows like, um, like, what is it? Um, house of cards where they want you to think that like, they're all, they're all out to get you. Mm-hmm. I think it's more like veep. Have you ever seen that show veep? I haven't. Mm. Well, the whole premise of the show is basically that nobody knows what they're doing and they are just kind of stumbling through problems like scrambling to find solutions and sometimes they fuck things up horribly and sometimes they happen upon really great solutions at just the right time and that when I love that because this is something I've been saying go ahead they don't know what they're doing man time. yeah so this is something I've been saying for years. There's really not a need adult. Mm, yeah. So like when you're a kid and you think about an adult, what do you think about? Mm. Somebody who knows how to handle all the things that you don't. Right. You can depend on them. Right. That's somebody who knows how to do all the things that you don't know how to do. So if you ever need to know something, you just ask an adult. Right. Right. And they shouldn't. That's why, that's why kids go through the why thing. Why? How come? Why? Because they mm. because you assume that adults know everything, right? And so in in our minds we say, "What's an adult? Somebody who knows what they're doing and they know everything. They know how to do all of this shit." But really, there's really no adults, bro. <laughs> We're all just big ass kids figuring shit out, stumbling through, making mistakes, and going, "Oh, that didn't work. Let's try this." Right. Because whenever we ask somebody, it's either you need to do it this way or I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, man. I, I, I really just think that there is a whole lot of people that don't know what they're fucking doing. And then there are some, right. I mean, it's like, and there are some people that know exactly well, what they're doing. Right. And, but it's like, you know, there's people who fucking know how to do their taxes, but can't cut their loan. <laughs> and vice versa somebody right. who can fucking chop your lawn, lawn up real nice but that dude's never gonna file taxes because he doesn't know how 
Right. And I mean, no real adult. Th- there, there is something to be said. There is something to be said that there is perfectly possible that there are institutional roadblocks put in your way to make sure that you don't know how to do certain things. I don't think that's what it is, man. Well, okay. Now, here's what I'm saying. You could be talking about, you could be talking about like, all right, you should know these things between sixth grade and eighth grade. And they're just not teaching you those things. But realistically, we're in 2021 now, though. You could fucking YouTube, Google, fucking Bing, Yahoo, anything you fucking need to figure out. Mm-hmm. Anything. There's not one thing that you can't. Now, it might be difficult because, of like, the way the search engines built, it might be hard for you to get the exact answer you're looking for. But there's absolutely no way you can tell me now in 2021 that you can't figure out how to do something. You might have to spend three months. That's the whole DIY movement. Right. You have to spend three months, uh, you know, looking into how to do something before you can really figure out what it is that you're even looking for. Right. Well, it's like, it's like, here's a perfect example. You remember when I came to you with the fucking half-ass fucking book that I had started and I said, look, I want to turn this into a script, but I don't know how. Yeah. Not that I couldn't figure it out, so I didn't know how. Right. But I was like adult enough to go, hey, this guy knows how to do this, so I'm going to reach out and figure out how this is done. Now, just looking at the format, I'm able to kind of piece together like, all right, if I needed to do this, this is how I would. Instead of just going, I don't know, man. He knows. Uh, He didn't teach me, so I don't know. Yeah, some shit that you gotta just fucking figure out, man. And and in twenty twenty one there's absolutely no way that you can't. Right. Right. Like I tell my kids, there's a difference between can't can't, won't, need and want. Right. Don't say you can't do something when you just don't want to do it. Say that again. Uh oh. Nothing. I was just saying. Uh, I'm here. Sorry. Uh, I was just saying. Uh, you know, don't don't tell me that you don't tell me you need something when you really want it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You might need something to drink, but you want to. Right. Right. Don't, uh, don't, don't manipulate my, my, uh, responsibility for you so that you can. Well, it's not even that. It's just, it's just making the clear difference. Like there's a strong difference between need and want. Right. Right. Like we, we need income. We want money. Uh, big fucking difference. Oh, okay. I, I, Absolutely. In order to in order to survive in the United States, and in order to live the way that society requires you to live, you need income, but you want money. Well, I mean, we could have an economic argument about about why money occurs, but 
That's a long discussion. Money's worth it. No, it's not. The American is absolutely worth it. The American the American dollar, dollar is worth it. Well, hold on a second. The American dollar is not worthless. The American dollar is worth the debt that it has been pegged to on the international market. And that debt has value. Now, is it... Is when, it when the American dollar was presented to the people, it was presented backed by gold. Yes. When we took away that gold standard, that money is now worthless. Now it is on a, uh, now it's a promissory note. Yes, it's an IOU. Yeah, so now it's not a currency, now it's a promissory note. Right. Because before it was a currency, and it said, hey, you could take this to the bank and get its worth in gold. Right, which is If you walked into a bank today, and you said, I want this $80,000 in promissory note presented to me in gold, they're going to say, we're sorry, we can't do that. Right. I mean, it's, it's illegal. And, and, and now what they can do is they'll give you gold stamp $1 coin. Oh, uh, by the way, if anybody wants to read into this, um, all you need to do is buy a couple of books and I would, I would advise you to start with the creature from Jekyll Island. That's, that's a really great book to figure out why it is that this happened, but you can also read, um, Saifedean Amus's, uh, um, Fiat standard, the Fiat standard. That's another really Mm -hmm. great book to look into. Um, or, well, the Fiat standard or the Bitcoin standard, uh, really really great books, both of them. Um, they kind of dive into how money occurs within a society, how money is established and what money actually is, what currencies should mm-hmm. be. Um, but the creature from Jekyll Island, really, really excellent introduction to, you know, the 1913, that early pre world war one era where like we used to have a currency but now we want to get into this war and the only way we can do that is to have centralized control of the money so that we can spend it overseas. Here's how we do that. You know, Woodrow mm-hmm. Wilson, FDR, uh, even, even Teddy Roosevelt, you know, he's kind of, kind of a, a stooge in that whole. He, he did, he did well in, in, in the wildlife preservation um, I'll commend him on that, but in the same breath, he also made it. Uh, when doing that, he made he invented public land that's owned by the government. Yeah. So prior to that, you could go out and you could take a stake and you could put a stake in the fucking ground and you could walk a thousand yards and put another stake in the ground and so on and so forth and you could literally stake your claim of land. And uh, they they did all of this in order to uh, quote unquote protect the wildlife, uh, but really it was to control the land because they under 
because if God's not making any more of it, that's really the most valuable thing to know. Yeah, I mean that's <clears throat> that that's that's fair, but at the same time, you know, you you have a limited amount of years on this planet. Right. So God's not making any more land, but he's also not keeping all the old people. Right. Well, if you look at generational wealth and in, in, in its whole, um, anybody who has it started with land. Oh, I, for sure. Land but, didn't get sold. Right. But I mean, if you, if you really look at all the, the data on generational wealth, it really doesn't start getting absolutely horrible until the world wars and then 1971, right? When Nixon takes the dollar officially off the gold standard, the generational wealth disparity just yeah. absolutely skyrockets. And, and this is, this is part of what you're talking about, right? The money's not worth anything. You can't save it long-term. Yeah. Well, even the dollar itself, they're trying to get rid of because they understand it's worth absolutely nothing. I mean, they're already proposing bills to completely move into a uh, currency. Yeah. CBDC. So think about that, people. All these dollars that you have saved up now are about to be worth quite literally nothing. Yeah. And it's going to be whatever e-currency they choose to lay with. Yeah, that's, I mean. Which that's could like, very well be, which could very well be U.S. e-book. You know what I mean? Like, it might not even be Bitcoin. It might not even be this Ethereum, all this shit that you're fucking whatever, whatever. And when that comes on, it's going to come onto a standard that's going to be well above what it should, which is going to create another bubble. It's going to create more inflation, and that bubble is going to burst, and we're going to be back into a fucking trade system. Because that's what they really want us to do. They want us to go back into fucking trading sheep and fucking goats and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, that's... <clears throat> it's a really great way to... They want us to go back to that so that they can control all of these money that you're, that you're working. So you're still going to be working your same job, and now you're going to have to get all your own food and shit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, barter, barter um, economies are very, very simple, but the problem with barter economies is that you can't make complex goods at all. Right. I can't trade you. Right. I can't trade you my sword for your apples because there's no way. Of, yeah. Of that's a great, that's a great, no way of logically determining how many apples are actually worth the sword. And if it's a large amount of apples, what happens in a week when they all spoil? Do I get my sword? Well, not back? even just that. No. Not even just that. So let's think about it. Let's think about it more complexly how the world is now. So you're talking about back, you know, when there wasn't things like a lawyer or a doctor or a dentist or a shoemaker. You know what I mean? So yeah, these are all even, even when we start talking about things like this, right? So, so now you have a dentist, for instance, and everybody in town there has their own shit that they grow, right? Mm -hmm. But if you need teeth work done and you're trying to trade me the apples for teeth work, what am I supposed to do when I've already had apples from Johnny up the street? I've got all the apples I need, right? Now, Bill's fucked because yep. that's all he grows, mm -hmm. and I don't need any more apples. So now Bob has to go down to Tom's house and figure out how he can trade all these apples for a sow. And then maybe he can trade that sow to me. Whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
Mm-hmm. It is very simple, but it only is as broad as the community itself. Right. And what happens when you live in a community that doesn't make anything? What happens? Yeah. What happens when you live in a community of doctors or lawyers? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's economically speaking, it's, it's, it's not good. Cause really, you know, these, these central bank digital currencies, they don't, they don't really differentiate themselves very much at all from the economic system that we already have, right? All of that is already right. digital. They're already, you know, just punching ones and zeros into a computer and, you know, mm-hmm. buying and selling assets, selling debt on well, the look at young market. dog. He went to go get, he went to go get a hundred thousand dollars out of his bank when he's got literally millions in his account. They can't even do that for him. Well, what we can do is we can put in the request and in like three to 10 days, we'll be able to have the money uh, transported here and then you can come and pick it up. No, I want $500,000 right now. You guys say that I have 3 million in my account. You guys are the bank representing that. Where's my money? They don't have it. No, they don't have it. Because the second you put that money in, guess what they do? They take that money, they ask who needs the fucking loan, they give out all that money, and then they have all this money in the air and all these people that owe them money, but nobody actually has any of it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing evidence of this um, kind of trickle in from China. There's a large bank mm-hmm. run happening in China. You also saw this happening in uh, Canada during the trucker protest. That's right. They went and shut down That's everybody's. That's right. That's they, said, they said, you can't get your money because you were part of this protest. And then people started pulling all of their money out of the banks. And all of a sudden, the Trudeau administration finally went, okay, we, we're going to walk this back. We don't really mean that. You can have, your, you can have access to your accounts in, in this sort of manner. On, in this, for these sorts of transactions. And it was very, very slow and quiet. But that's what happens. You lose confidence in the currency for whatever reason. And all of a sudden people start pulling their money out. It turns out that the banks don't actually have anything. And that's a, that's a big fucking problem, right? So confidence is everything when it comes to things like that. Yeah. How are you going to, how are you going to come to me for a fucking house loan when I don't got the money to loan it to you? Well, here's a promissory note. Right. You requested my company is worth this much and therefore I'm backing that this person's going to pay. Now, banks are giving out 0% loans. Yeah. How's that work? That's, that's a huge fucking problem. I mean, that is a massive, massive problem. Cause that, I mean, that's, that's a huge distortion of, of the money, right? That's a huge distortion of the economy saying that essentially the money that you're borrowing has is is not worth anything like it like it has no it has no value you're not saying you owe me something for that money which means whatever project you just gave the money to it doesn't have to be profitable because you don't owe anything back for having borrowed it which means you can just give away this money to stupid shit you can just give away Mm -hmm. this money to losing operations and it's not it there's no like consequences. Home. <laughs> right. 
right? Like these fucking ghosts. These Would you ghosts like to buy this particle board box for a hundred thousand dollars? It's fucking Zimbabwe style that's shit. That's too man. bad because that's just the down payment. It's really half a million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all fucking, it's not good, man. <laughs> it's very bad. What is good is that the same bank that loaned you this 0% loan will also open up a 75 year mortgage for you. Even though we know that the human life expectancy is only 80 years at the maximum. Right. And you're already 45. Right. Right. It's these, these, uh, end of life, these end of life leases, right? You better read, right. Right. Write a fucking will buddy. Cause also don't use your life insurance because you're going to need it when you die. What are you talking about? It's called life insurance. Right. I'm literally supposed to be able to use this while I'm alive. It's to insure my life. Not the way they see it, man. Cause they ain't got your money. <laughs> They don't fucking. Well, that's what people are trying to get hit to now. Now the banks are starting to go, oh, fuck, nobody's putting money into our banks. They're putting them all into life insurance policies and then borrowing the money back. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how you do it, by the way, Chris. I don't know what kind of life insurance you got through FedEx, but I'd be taking as much of your check that you're trying to save into your bank account, and I'd be dumping all of that money into your life insurance and Uh, just borrowing off that. uh, People, um, we don't give out financial advice here. Um, we do not advocate. Yeah, this is personal. So if you're sitting here trying to take my fucking scope that I'm trying to give my boy right now, you can yeah. shove that shit right up your ass. Yeah, we're not we're not handing out notes. And as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I hope if you're trying to use what I'm saying to my boy right now for your own benefit, I hope it fails. <laughs> take that to the fucking bank. <laughs> or or don't actually. <laughs> Um, yeah. we're at about an hour and a half right now, man. You want to, um, all right. You want to, you want to do a, let's, let's, a, let's delve into one more. I know you got one more going. I know you got one more set up in now. I see what you got in your little reservoir. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about Tupac. Don't do this to me right now. <laughs> so I think the stupid conspiracy is that he's alive. Right. The conspiracy that's stupid is that he's, you know, living in Cuba somewhere. That's fucking dumb. And the only reason that conspiracy exists is because they will not close the case on who actually killed him. So now, what if I told you now everybody's speculating, right? What if I told you that I have seen firsthand a picture captured from an airport in the early 2000s of Tupac that was then wiped from the internet entirely. Hmm. What airport was this? Now, this was supposed to be an international airport. Okay. uh, From Cuba, and he was going through customs coming back. Well, okay, here's my question. Why would the Cubans let him go? Why wouldn't they? 
because they don't let anybody leave. Think anymore. about hold on. Think about everything you know about the witness protection program. Why? Why would you? Why would you hide an an American in Cuba? Do you know what Cubans look like? They're uh. They're kind of a, they're, they're a, a, mix, a, mix, a mix between, yeah, Afro-Hispanic. There you go. Right. So they're literally described as Afro-Hispanic, which means the majority of their DNA is actually derived from Africa. Right. So, I mean, you're really talking about like a, a bunch of African people living in a country that's not Africa. Right. So if you take a black man from America and you change his fucking name, and you make sure that all the back documents match up, and whatever, whatever that they do in the Wipro, and you fucking move his ass down into Cuba, who's going to differentiate him from thousands of other people that look like him? Here's, here's what I'm saying, man. Because, hold on, because Tupac was extremely smart. I'm talking like Ivy League smart. No, I, I know. He was in an Ivy League. He was in an Ivy League theater school before he went back mm-hmm. into the fucking streets and started doing all the crazy shit. So you're talking about an extremely smart man who learning another language probably was already done or in the process of or could easily be done in a short time. Okay. It wouldn't be hard to do, bro. It's not no, out of the scope to think. No, that it, what I'm saying is. They could have sent him to the Dominican Republic. They could have sent him to Jamaica. They could have sent him to Puerto Rico. They could have sent him to Haiti. They could have sent him to any one of these other nations and done the exact same thing without losing him to the tyrannical Cuban government who, since they closed their doors many decades ago, does not let people leave. If you're a tourist, you can leave. But right, so who said that they didn't dump him in Haiti or whatever, and they didn't just kept again. He was coming in through uh, imports or whatever. He was coming in doing the the whole whatever they do, the export check or whatever. He was coming into the Cuban airport. Oh, so he okay. very well okay. could have been moved to Haiti. He very well could have been moved to, to where the right. fuck ever else and just been flying around as a fucking tourist. Yeah, you know, and... Perhaps. Listen, after he died, they released an album that was one of the top-selling albums in rap history. And who was the label that released that album? Death Row Records. Hmm. Interesting. And who, who was the founder of Death Row Records? Now we're getting into something. Now we're starting <laughs> to bite into the media. Now it's the Shig Knight. Now, if I were to tell you that the last quote-unquote picture that was guaranteed to be Tupac was taken after he was leaving, moments before he was shot, Suge Knight was in the picture, but for some reason was not paying any attention to a car pulling up and taking a picture through a window. Now we're talking about a man who is so 
controlling about his money that he has literally made people sign away their entire right. And you, you're telling me that he's just going to let some random fucking photographer take a really, really good and clear picture while they're at a stoplight and he's not even going to look at him. Mm. He's not going to fucking jump out and, hey, motherfucker, where's my money? He's going to take pictures of my people and blah, 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 blah. Because you know that's how he was. Right. So why is he going out of character in a situation like that? It's because he was already expecting somebody to pull up on that fucking car. Hmm. How are you sitting in the front seat and don't take a round? See, that's the interesting part, right? Is it because you knew when that fucking car stopped to bail out that door? Is it because you knew, hey, when I stop at this spot, they're going to be coming? Or are you just so, you're just so in tune with everything that you don't realize the photographer, but you realize the car pulling out to shoot? Or was it because you were so lax that you knew that that wasn't the intersection that they were going to be shooting at? So it couldn't have been anything more than a photographer. Well, okay, and here's here's the thing. So I looked into this this guy, um, this crit boss, Keith D. Yeah, you're gonna have to hold the hold the uh, audio. Should I keep the audio going for a second? I got to uh, mute my mic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started looking into all this about um Tupac's death and I read this I read this piece over I think it's the LA Tire can't remember where I saw this hold on I gotta I gotta pull up the the tab in my history because I think I might have closed it out when Junior and I were talking about like Alan Turing and and all this Let's see here. Do, 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 do. Got Tupac. Yeah. Keith D here. LA Weekly. That's what it was. LA Weekly, not the LA Times. LA Weekly. And this is the Keith D tapes. 10 highlights of confession from a gangster who says Sean Combs hired him to kill Tupac. Now, this came out in... Uh, early October 2011 and this is kind of a tell-all book that this guy this crit boss Keith D wrote called murder rap and essentially what Keith D says is that there was a, a pretty pretty ruthless beef going on between um between uh him and this um, this label this this um, this guy this guy who ran this label that Shakur was with that Tupac was with um, oh my god what's his name Suge Knight there was basically a, a big beef between this guy who was 
basically the, the boss of the Crips at the time. And Suge Knight, who um, was very, very much, um, very much uh, involved with the Bloods. And that when they were at Vegas, when Suge Knight and Tupac were at <laughs> Vegas, they were with this other rapper that was with the label. And earlier that month, this, this third rapper was mugged by some Crips over in Compton and they had stolen a bunch of jewelry off of him. And when Suge, Tupac and this third rapper are in Vegas, they're at, um, some sort of award show. Can't remember what it was exactly. It was, uh, I believe it was a BET award show. I could be wrong there though. I will have to get back to you on that. But they see this guy, this guy at the, from the Crips that had mugged this third rapper earlier that month. And he identifies him. He goes, Hey, that's the guy that, that fucked me up and stole my, stole my necklace and all my shit. And so they run up on him and whoop his ass in the middle of, of MGM. Now there is, there's full blown footage of this. You can still find it online. The footage isn't great. Cause it's like, you know, the early nineties. So it's like VHS quality footage, but they whoop this dude's ass and they leave. And then those, that guy goes back to this guy, Keith D this guy, who's the boss of the Crips at the time. And they hop into the Cadillac. Okay. They hop into this guy's Cadillac and they go around looking for Suge Knight and Tupac. And when they see this photographer that Junior's talking about, the photographer rolls down the window and goes, Tupac, 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 and shoots a couple of pictures. Right after that, Suge Knight is said to have gotten into the far left lane, pulled a U-turn and starts going the other, other direction. And Keith D in this book, murder rap says it surprised him that he had, that he had made this sudden U-turn and they could see Suge that he looked out the window and saw Suge Knight. He made eye contact with him and then he pulls a U-turn follows him and he hands the gun in the Cadillac to his nephew who's sitting in the seat next to him. Okay. And as they pull up, that's when he shoots Tupac and that all of these conspiracies are coming out because it basically came down to a beef between these two gangs. There was a lot of corruption in Vegas at the time. And that a lot of the politicians in Vegas didn't want the publicity of this really getting out and smearing their, their good name. And that the people involved in the shooting, they all ended up dying. Like this guy, Keith day, Keith D this guy that ran the Crips back then, he's still in prison for a trafficking charge. Like he's still in prison for like, you know, 25 years or whatever. 
And his nephew, the guy that actually shot Tupac, he's already dead. There's a bunch of other people that are already dead. And that this guy, Keith D, he's saying that he had, he had basically gotten in tight with um, Puff Daddy. And that he had basically gotten in tight with Puff Daddy to for for basically just trying to get connections and he had given puff daddy a cadillac of his 64 caddy to use in one of usher's music videos that puff daddy was in and that basically there was this when this whole beef was going on between the bloods and the crips and the west coast and the east coast that puff daddy kind of got into this whole into this whole um what would you call this feud and that he had approached Keith D and hired him to kill Tupac or at least that's what Keith D says that's his side of the story what do you think about uh, Orlando Anderson I mean Orlando Anderson is this guy's is this guy's nephew Okay. Keith D, his nephew is Orlando Anderson. So, if this is all being uh, reiterated, then why why would the why would the Los Angeles Police Department file uh, file charges? This guy's a main suspect. And uh, didn't charge it. Um, hold on a second. There's there was a a little bit about this in the article about why the LAPD. Uh, three hour LAPD archives. Yes. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. I, I gotta, I gotta comb through this article a little bit longer. Right. So it's just, I mean, in July of 96, you know, he was involved in the altercation at the Lakewood Mall. Yeah. Okay. So, so <clears throat> this is where, <clears throat> and th- those are the, those are the guys that where he, where he gets his right, well, this is where an entourage, which would involve the the gentleman you were also talking about, mm-hmm. um, assaulted Trayvon Lane, a member of Death Row. Right. So, and then they snatched his Death Row chain too. Yep. Um. So it was rumored that there was supposed to be a bounty uh, placed on Death Row. Yep, and that's what uh, that's what Keith like placed D's, on placed on their medallion, like right. That's what Keith Death D Row said. was a strong representation of the the blood, and uh, so a lot of crips and whatnot weren't weren't all right. With that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so there was there was literally like an open bounty on the chain, right? Like you can get a fucking Death Row chain, like he's the shit. Um, so. The, the, hold on a second. 
Fucking in here, baby. I'm recording the podcast. I already told you. He's a fucking pig. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so sorry. Um. But so yeah. So this this incited the the well-known theory of Shiv Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if we're going to talk about, so, so if we can say that this Shiv Knight was the head of death row at the time, then we can quite easily say that, uh, Tupac was that pit bull. You know what I mean? He was that guard dog. Yeah. So when shit would pop off, that was the dude who was barking. Um, so then we go, you know, and now we're, now we move on to September of the same year, um, after the Bruce Seldon and Mike Tyson fight. Trayvon. Oh, you know um, what? That's, that's what it was. It wasn't a, it wasn't an award show. It was a fight. That's right. It was the right. Tyson fight. Trayvon, you know, coincidentally or whatever, um, sees Anderson, right, by himself at the MGM. Mm-hmm. And he tells uh, Tupac and the rest of the death row entourage, and uh, and that he, that he was, you know, the one responsible for smashing the medallion. And so Tupac can actually be seen on the MGM security footage uh, running over to Anderson with the whole death row uh, group or whatever and uh, throwing the first punches. So this is what set off the big uh, fight at the MGM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so basically, I mean, that's what like, that's what like really, really ignites this feud that had already kind of been put into place by Suge Knight and, and the Crips, which is that, um, which is that they were, they were kind of playing these gangland games through the, well, they jumped the shit out of this kid. Right? No, they whooped his ass for sure. Yeah. So this kid was alone and he got run up on by the whole group, right? They fucked his yeah, ass up. Yeah, it's like 10 and people. He, right. Like he, um, he was there alone. There was nobody there to help him. So, uh, according to the, uh, the big knockout, um, according to BG knock, uh, knockout in an, in an interview with Vlad TV, that, that dude, um, you know, I'm sure you've seen the interviews that, that dude black, he does like all them really dope ass interviews with all the artists. Yeah. Yeah. So BG knockout, um, in an interview with Vlad says, uh, that, um, uh, Anderson escaped like the majority of it. Like he covered up his face and shit, like during the attack. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so that fight happened hours before the shooting. Right. So so the fight occurred literally three hours before Shakur shooting. So but later that month, uh Las Vegas homicide lieutenant uh goes on fucking T V and tells the media like at this point Orlando Anderson is not a suspect in the shooting of Tupac Shakur and everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like it, this, this thing happens, and then literally hours later, he's dead, and you guys are just saying like this isn't even a suspect anymore. Yeah. Um, but then it then it starts circulating that he's bragging about shooting Tupac. 
know, and then they later denied it, like through Vibe magazine or whatever in September. Um, yeah, and that's when Anderson told the Los Angeles Times that he was a fan or whatever, and, and not being uh, part of the murder. Which I mean, it's yeah. So I mean, they they detained him for a month after Shakir was shot. Yeah, but somehow they didn't land charges. Yeah, I mean, it's it. It seems as though, and this is again speculative. But it seems as though there is a lot of connections between death row and the LAPD. That. Yeah, well, and then we got Las Vegas PD in the middle of it, too. So it's oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Las Vegas PD is saying that, you know, this is not even like a correlation or whatever. And, and, but at the same time, you got, you know, the fucking uh, LAPD holding this dude for a month or holding these, uh, this. They held him as a prime suspect for a month. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what, what's really going on? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's all kinds of fucky. Well, his mom even went as far as to file a wrongful death lawsuit against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There was this um. There was this cop that was um, kind of heading up the case before they before they dropped it. Uh, this guy, uh, Lieutenant Kading, who who worked for the LAPD, he was really trying to he was really trying to figure this case out. Um, that he ended up finding this guy, um, Zip, who was a a, uh, a crip and he was trying to corroborate this story that Keith D told him about being hired by um, Puff Daddy and he was trying to set up this sting with Keith D to basically coerce Zip into, into corroborating the story that Keith D told him and right before he was able to set up that sting the LAPD took him off the case in 2009 when the case resurfaced again. And so there, there's all these weird little, like just a weird little instances where you're like, that's a little convenient, you know? Unfortunately, but he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, if he is, whew. I don't. I don't know. I mean, how you get how you get shot? How you get shot uh, five times in front of a studio? Get response time or whatever from whoever get get taken to the hospital. Uh, survive. You know what I mean? You're on, you're on intensive care for however long or whatever. <clears throat> then he gets shot again. 
on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, so the response time had to be much faster getting into ICU and whatnot. Yeah. And he just doesn't live. Because he was alive while they were transporting. Right. He apparently died at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, mean, man. I don't know, man. People's luck runs out sometimes. Man, all I got to say is, what, cold? Huh? No. Oh, shit. All right, man. All right. Do you got anything else? Yeah, was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Sure. No, I think we're going to close it out on that. Cool. All right, y'all. I'm getting out of here. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Later, Jim. Later. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Triple T. Please like, share, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating wherever you listen to Top 10 Talks. Make sure to tune in next time for another one of our lists from all of us here at Top 10. Thank you once more. And remember, stay beautiful. I gave it a, uh, a 10, a 10, a fucking 10.